Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The special needs parenting village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Thank you for tuning back in for another episode of Living the Sky Life. I had the pleasure of sitting down with the parents of an incredible artist named Trent. Their social media following has been seen by viewers all over the world with Trent's incredible drawing. So please welcome Corey and Andrea Landreth. They are the parents of four grown children. They moved to El Dorado, Kansas to begin Real Life Christian Church in 2006, where Corey is the lead pastor. Andrea is a school psychologist in the public school system. They began the Drawings by Trent business in 2015 for their son with the goals of encouraging families, educating communities, and inspiring everyone through Trent's art and their story. There were many difficult years, but seeing Trent's raw joy and incredible ability brings hope to families going through the struggles of raising a child on the spectrum. So please enjoy my conversation with Corey and Andrea. So welcome back to Living the Sky Life. My guests today are Corey and Andrea Landreth. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. I, you know, stumbled upon you guys through your drawings by Trent. Actually, your TikTok. My daughter has me watching TikTok now. I'm just an <laughs> observer. I don't post anything. <laughs> but I found Michelle a couple months ago. Yeah, it's um it's so neat though, really, who you can find and connect with. And so that took me to your Instagram account. And then I just found myself buried in all of Trent's drawings and your website and just everything about you guys. So I'm so excited to talk to you a lot about your journey through autism with Trent. Um, and is Trent 24 now? He will be 24 on November 4th. Okay. So yes. I'm close. <laughs> I'm starting uh-huh. to do the math there too. Um, so I'm not going to take you all the way back because I'm sure in all of your social media, you guys have talked about Trent's and Trent and his diagnosis and all of that, um, from years back, but, um, I kind of wanted to just kind of start out. You have noted that Trent was diagnosed with autism at two. So, um, I, as I know, that was a time where really people weren't talking about autism that much. It was kind of around the time my son was diagnosed too. Um, but your, the drawing came up because you said he has been drawing really since he could hold a pen. So I, I kind of just want to know where all of that started when you started seeing him drawing on walls and trampolines and <laughs> anything he could get his hands on. So whoever wants to, to take that. Uh, I, I, I can't even remember like the first time i mean we know the time frame the time range but i can't remember the first time that that we found something it just was like i don't know it was just like all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's drawings around do you remember andy 
I don't really remember. Yeah, he, he, of course, scribbled right away as soon as he could hold a pen and it was just turning into drawings. And he was doing other crazy things like uh, he had no speech. He would get his play alphabet letters and he would line the alphabet up backwards on the floor. Mm. And so there were all kinds of things that we were like, whoa, <laughs> the things that come out of this kid are incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and drawing, drawing was one of those things. And, you know, I was, I was, well, his younger brother was born exactly two years after him. So, you know, we had a baby at that time when he was diagnosed and two older kids. Mm -hmm. So uh, we were just really raising kids and <laughs> his, his art was incredible, but he was hard. We had mm -hmm. lots of babies. It was yeah. just, um, it, it was hard to focus on his drawing. Yeah. Did was you, it always animals or did he kind of gravitate to trees and flowers and things like that first? And is it? No, I think Andrea, how old was he when he drew on Tristan's <clears throat> little plastic kitchen? <laughs> I think, I think he was probably around maybe four years old. Yeah. Three or so three or four. So I, I think initially it was, um, well, I, I don't know. So that, that the the um, the kitchen episode, uh, Trent had gone into his older sister Tristan's room. She had one of those little uh, plastic play kitchen mm -hmm. things, um, and uh, and he had he had wandered in there, and I was looking for him. I don't remember if anybody else was in the house, <laughs> and I walked up behind him while he was drawing on the the ver the top, like the like the range hood of the um of the kitchen and i stood behind him and watched him draw these things and he and the thing i noticed was that he was going from right to left oh that's interesting. which was odd right yeah. you know i mean that, that was strange so i stood behind him for a little bit and i watched him he drew about two or three things and i thought i couldn't figure out what it was it's like this really curly q thing it was really strange and then I walked around to the other side of the kitchen so I could kind of face him. And all of a sudden it, it hit me. He was drawing the alphabet, lowercase alphabet from right to left, upside down backwards. So that as I walked around the kitchen and looked at him face to face, I could see A, B, C, D, E, F. And, oh, I think and it was so, through G. And you yelled, yeah. Andrew, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. So, and so they all had these little curly cues on them, like the A and then the bottom had a little, and so it was, it was difficult perfect. to recognize what it was from behind him. And then you walk around and it's just like, and so that's how life has been with him. We look at it from one direction and it doesn't make any sense and we can't figure it out. And then you kind of go around and you're like, oh my goodness, this is incredible. So how did he then... Because his drawings now, I mean, what I what I enjoy so much is watching when he is drawing. One, he uses a sharpie. I have to use a pencil because I've been doing a lot, a lot of erasing. He's very yeah. confident, and he should be. I mean, it's incredible. Like when he's drawing like a tiger face, it's so purposeful and it's so exact. And I know he sees it in his mind, I'm sure, and then puts it on the paper. But now it's you. You would think based on that analogy that he would draw the tail first and then kind of work his way. But now it seems like he draws it from front to back or the way that we would normally draw it. Mm -hmm. well, 
I think it depends. So in one of the videos that we just posted, one of the viral videos that just went on, um, we asked him to draw four animals from the, from behind. And each, so he drew an elephant, a tiger, a bunny, and a cat. And each of those animals, he started with the tail. He drew the <laughs> tail. Because you said from then, behind, so. Yeah. I guess and that's the first thing that you like. In, if you think in layers, that's the first thing you come to. Yeah. So he he drew the tail of each animal, like he drew the elephant tail, and then he drew the rest of the elephant around it, and was in perfect proportion. It was exactly where it was supposed to be. And so and one of the cool things is so many people who have been commenting on on his TikTok videos and stuff talk about um, they they call him like a like a human um, printer. Mm-hmm. because of the way it just cut like it's perfect when it comes out whatever picture is in his head automatic it comes out his yeah hand. yeah that's what's so neat about how literal a lot of our kids are with autism yeah. but him specifically i mean obviously you've gotten tons of feedback but the alligator on a leash thing was the funniest thing i showed my husband i'm like this is such a great you know visual of how our kids think and like yeah. you know you tell them something and they exactly you know form that into yeah. whatever they see so mm -hmm. Trent, when he was a toddler as soon as he could look at books himself he was obsessed with books and oh, so yeah. a lot of the things he drew came from the books he read like dr seuss books you know and mm -hmm. i don't know he was three or four also when he drew green eggs and ham on the side of our dresser and you know those weren't animals but he soon really really loved cartoon animals from those books and it just kind of developed from there he he just loves uh he loves looking at animals learning about animals he doesn't necessarily want to touch a real animal or see it okay but, um but he he really enjoys his animal books that would be hard for me um to on the one hand, want to really encourage his artwork. And on the other hand, like, okay, could you please stop drawing on my walls and my furniture? Because I really can't clean that. You know, you don't want to get mad at them, but how do you guys handle to, that? <laughs> we had to just um, resign ourselves to the fact that yeah. this is the way it is. Yeah. And I mean, we had little drawings, you know, two and a half feet high across our wallpaper all around the rooms. And and he, we had drawings on our furniture. We, we did not, we bought a new couch when we first got married and didn't have children. And we didn't buy new furniture again till about two years ago. And we just got hand-me-down furniture. We weren't going to pay new for anything because yeah. we knew it would be destroyed. Yeah. Makes sense. And that's just, we just had to, you know, decide this yeah. is just the way it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So somebody asked us recently how, like they said, oh, I have a, I have a child who draws, uh, it's on the spectrum and draws, how do I encourage that? And, and part of that response was just, you, you, like, you got to let go of, of that material part of things, <laughs> you know, because, because those kids like, like Trent, he, he was just going to draw on whatever he was going to draw on. And, and I feel like if we would have fought him about that and there were so many other things that we could fight him about um but if we were going to fight him about that that was going to be connected to the drawing and we didn't want to stifle that outlet at all mm -hmm. so yeah so you just go well you know i can paint a wall yeah it's just stuff. I, I can paint the dresser we can get a new couch uh 
whatever. So yeah. it really did teach our children not to be materialistic or yeah. to put too much value in things because he did destroy a lot of their things. And yeah. um, and we just had to learn, well, life's, you know, this is just life. It's not always fair. And we can replace those things. Yeah. And Tristan got a custom kitchen. No one else has one. <laughs> so she wasn't very she happy. <laughs> no, she was not. She's still not very happy. <laughs> that, you know, or a little bit earlier that trans communication is limited and it still is, is limited. And um, I know firsthand with my son who's 18 and is completely nonverbal, that that's extremely challenging for him, I know, and for the entire family. Um, I, I know you've also mentioned that it's gotten better as he's aged and just being able to kind of calm himself down. Do you know, has he been able to share with you kind of what calms him or how he can kind of bring himself out of some of those frustrations and situations? Well, we can, we can almost call Trent nonverbal just because he has no mm -hmm. conversational speech. He cannot tell us how he feels. He can't right. explain things. He can't show us where he hurts. He just, um, mm -hmm. he has words that he can use um, in answering one word questions mm -hmm. or saying yes or no and he doesn't always receptively understand what we're asking as long as they're like very concrete yeah if it's not if it's if it's uh what's if it's abstract at all if it's feeling or emotion or what he doesn't doesn't process any of that and we've even used like pictures to have him mm -hmm. show us point to this and he does not understand that either he could tell you a sad face but he can't yeah express express yeah. that yeah it's but almost call, like anything that's connected to anything like <laughs> so weird if it if it has anything to do with conversation that part just doesn't process and doesn't compute mm -hmm. if it if it's yeah i i don't know i don't know how else to say it because everybody goes well did you try pecs have you tried aac have you tried drawing pictures have you tried this have you tried that yeah we've tried everything yeah, we've tried and, it <laughs> And if it's communication, it yeah. doesn't work. He just mm -hmm. does his, not get it. His favorite form of communication would be read my mind. <laughs> yeah. We could read because yeah. he will stand over us and just stare into stare. our souls like no, yeah. Skylar does that too. Don't you wish you were like, yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah. I know. Yes. Yeah. That yeah, is we so feel like he would be capable of using an AAC or something, but he is not interested. Yeah, because it's communication. Not he interested. Just doesn't care. Well, and it seems like um, I think one of your videos I saw recently, um, you guys were asking him some questions like, where's mom or whatever. And he gestures and Skylar's the same way. It feels like <laughs> he has. And I, I try not to blame myself and like think that I've babied him because I that's the only way I've known how to get anything out of him. And I, I yeah. want him to have what he wants or needs. Well, so he points at things. I'll open the refrigerator and I'll hold up two items. And I'm like, do you want this or this? And he points to that and he takes that. And well, you know, and after death that Trent uses the pointing because he didn't know how to point. I taught him how to point by holding his hand and holding his finger out when he was six years old. You know, and, and he still isn't very good at pointing. Mm -hmm. He'll he'll point to the side when he means in front of him, or he just it's not natural at all. But I so I'm glad that he will use gestures uh, for things in it, and we'll try to point to things now. It's helpful. Yeah. Well, did he have any um, motor delays or physical limitations when he was little? No. No, he didn't. Um, he he had incredible balance when he was very very little. 
Um, but he is extremely uncoordinated, so he doesn't, um, he yeah. doesn't. His body got like, bigger and. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like to be, feel unbalanced or even walking up open staircases, he hates. It's oh yeah, doesn't him. like the heights. Yeah, mm. he's very scared of heights. But we have houses a, like that too with with stepping like if it, it goes from carpet to flooring he lifts mm -hmm. his foot ridiculously high oh. like navigating like oh this wow. is going to yeah. be different it's really yeah. interesting it's almost like a depth perception kind yeah of thing, isn't it? yeah yeah it's really interesting uh, hmm. Trent when so when he was young we had a we had an old style couch that that somebody in the church had given us and it had like wide like the back of the couch and the the arms of the couch were the same height. And, and it was like a wide kind of top mm -hmm. and Trent would get up there at like, I, I don't know how old Andrea, like 18 months or something. I don't oh, know. Yeah, he would, real young. He would climb up there and get on the edge and he'd pace back and forth, like a balance beam on this little three and a half inch wide thing. And people would come over to the house and they'd walk in and they'd see him and they'd be like, oh my goodness. And we're like, just don't even worry. Like he's, he, he will not, and he never, he never, never fell. He never, yeah. Our, our youngest son fell off everything. <laughs> but he was a daredevil. He was a daredevil. Yeah. I tried to mimic his brother, you know, like, hey, <laughs> he can do it, I can do it. Uh, Maybe so. Well, when, so when Trent was younger, you know, he had violent, tendencies and aggression right I mean um oh yeah flying into a rage again I keep saying like he's he reminds me so much of Skylar and um you know it's just it's, it's so hard for me and I try to understand as he ages I keep hoping that he either will grow out of it a little bit or he'll have a better way of calming himself down or that maybe we're working on spelling right now and he's taken mm. to that pretty well that he'll eventually be able to tell me what it is that makes him snap you know if it's something I say yeah. that triggers him or whatever has have you gotten any better idea of um you know just kind of some of those things that maybe triggered him when he was younger that doesn't seem to affect him now that he's an adult Mm. Well, when he was younger, he had zero impulse control. Yeah. He would react uh, just immediately and not think. I remember the, the first time I saw him stop before he headbutted me and, <laughs> and thought I shouldn't do this and backed off. And he was probably 14 or 15. Yeah. And but he he has learned to take it out on himself a little bit, which we mm. don't like either. But He's, he's, so he often bites his arms now. He often hits his head on the walls. Uh, and, and it's not every day. It is better, but he will do breathing. I, also, he was learning that at his school. And, mm -hmm. and I also remember the first time we heard him deep breathing and we thought, oh, yeah. wow. We talked to the school and they told us, well, we've, he's been learning these things. And so he, he does use some of those strategies to help calm down. And he also likes to go to his room and just lay on his bed or sit on his bed, look at books. And so he, I, I know he, there are some strategies he uses to calm down, even when we don't realize he's upset. Mm -hmm. I think some of that is like, okay, when he was younger and he would get very violent and aggressive. Um, if, if Andy or I raised our voices, you know, to one of the other kids, um, even, even if it like they're jumping off the roof of the house and we're like, no, don't do that. 
Trent would come running from whatever corner of the house he would in and, and attack. Like, so if you said no to another child or to the cat or the dog or something, he, he did not like that at all. And, and so that, that was kind of a trigger for him. He still doesn't like it, but he, but he handles it better. And, and I think a big part of that was, uh, and it's, it's, you know, controversial now, I guess, but um, when he was at HeartSpring, they used uh, ABA mm-hmm. therapy and <clears throat> they, they were incredibly consistent uh, in that. And so anytime he aggressed towards himself or towards somebody else, he was immediately stopped. He was immediately restrained. And, uh, and he was there for what, Andrew, seven or eight years, eight years. Um, and you know, and we credit a lot of his ability to calm and even to, to recognize that, oh, like maybe I shouldn't do this, Mm -hmm. um, to, to their consistent, uh, and constant correction in those things. Um, cause that's, that's probably when we saw the biggest change, you know, Can you guys talk a little bit about HeartSpring. Um, it sounds like an incredible resource and an incredible organization that you guys have and yeah. just kind of what the setup of it is. HeartSpring is divided into two areas. There's the school side, and then there's the PED side. And the PED side does outpatient therapy. They have people come in and do behavioral therapy, OT, PT, speech, those kinds of things. And the school side, most of the kids who go to that school actually live in the residential homes. Because we were only 25 or 20 miles away, we, he lived with us. Mm-hmm. And because we had two, two parents in the home, we could handle the behaviors, whereas some of the families couldn't. Uh, but we were very fortunate that he could live at home with us and go to their day, day school. Um, but there's also part of HeartSpring that our, where our daughter works, and she, she helps run the care program, which helps families uh, find resources. So mm-hmm. it's, it's her job to speak to families and find out what they need and help find that in the community. So HeartSpring just really has a lot, of, a lot to offer the community, and it's, it's international. There are kids from other countries going to school there and living there. Wow. So are the resources pretty good their... in Kansas? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, are the resources overall pretty good, would you say, in Kansas for families with children on the spectrum? Or is it like everywhere else? It's kind of hit or miss. Yeah. yeah, it depends on where you're at. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I work in Butler County, which is the county we live in. And our, our county is pretty has a pretty good reputation for our special ed uh, interlocal. Yeah. Now, if you move over to another town close by, they they'll they won't feel the same. Yeah. Uh, so it just really really varies. And we've also noticed as Trent's entered adulthood that there there aren't the best resources for for adults at all. Yeah. And we we still um, we talk about how it's going in his day program and and things often like, is it, do we need to look at a change? Because there's really not an ideal for him, Mm -hmm. especially. There is a very good program for um, special needs adults who are more social, uh, but it would just be too much for Trent. So we just kind of had to patch some things together. He, his sister is his care provider on Mondays Mm -hmm. and Fridays. And then he goes to heart or to uh, 
Holy Hill Services a day program on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that helps break up his week. What is what does he do at the day program? I mean, I'm always curious about those because Skylar is getting close to aging out of services also. And we don't have very many options here, especially for someone like him who um, is still struggling with toilet training and, um, you know, is nonverbal and non-communicative and doesn't really have a device to carry around to communicate with the, the caretakers or whatever. I just don't want him I, I say this a lot on the podcast and I don't mean to offend anyone ever, but I just don't want him loaded into a van, taken to the zoo or taken to, you know, just kind of walk around places and just people staring at them. I don't know. I just, as a yeah. mom, I'm like, I just, if he's going to be on field trips all day and stuff, I'd rather just keep him here and I do stuff with him, but I don't know. So yeah. is Trent's better than that <laughs> or different? That's a, I mean, I, that's a struggle. And, I, and I, it's a struggle that you don't know unless you're a parent of a, of a child in that situation. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think every, every, every parent has seen those groups of, of uh, individuals. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, that's a struggle. So Trent, Trent's Day program, they do take them places sometimes usually it's very similar place they they go to um there's a catholic church in their town that they go and do some things at uh and i some think volunteer the, type of volunteer work there. yeah the ymca they go there and kind of hang out a little bit that's cool um, but most of i i think you know we don't know for sure but but the, i think that most of what he does is um the same thing that he does at home. He finds yeah. a chair and he sits there and he looks at his drawings and he listens to his iPad music or, you know, he's, he's able to get on Wi-Fi there. Um, and, uh, and so listens to music do, and watches movies. And I do know that they <clears throat> have uh, a kitchen and the students help prepare lunch. So when they That's have good. lunch there, the students help prepare that. Also, they bring in uh some work to do like when there was a festival going on in wichita they Mm. had them put together the bags and they stuffed the bags so they get little jobs like that to do Mm -hmm. but the thing is if he they give him the option to do these things or not (laughs) and so trent's likely gonna say no (laughs) sometimes sometimes he surprises us Mm -hmm. and and says yes at home, he has a few chores that he does, and one is like unloading the dishwasher. And um, he, I usually do give him the option though. I'll say, "Do you want to unload the dishwasher?" And he sometimes says no. And I said, "Okay, now or later," so he knows he has to do it at some point, and he'll say later, and he yeah. will do it without us even reminding him. <laughs> but no, we give him the option to absolutely not. <laughs> he probably will choose not. Being. Un, unsocial. I mean, there's a sensory aspect to it as well. The chaos of uh, the other clients in the in the room, you know, based on whatever their exceptionality is, that um, that causes him anxiety and, and stress. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's a lot of movement or uh, students being loud or kind of getting in his face, that mm-hmm. really causes him problems. So we have him in. Um, the, the program that we have him in is part of the, this bigger program, but it's in a small, it's in a location that's smaller. They don't have as many, um, clients. And so that, that helps. And they, they know he, he probably is capable of the most 
of more aggression towards uh, other clients there than anybody else. And so they, the staff, I think, kind of give him a wide berth. So if he, if he wants to go into a room and, and be by himself and turn the light off and chill out, they kind of just let him do that. Um, yeah, their main facility. That. Yeah, their main facility is actually literally across the highway from yeah. us, from our yeah. house. But there like are so mile. many, so many clients there, and so th- we have him go to their facility in another town that's about twenty miles away. Yeah, isn't it but kind he, of just striking to you that there are that many adults with special needs that? need something to do during the day. That's the thing when, when I do these episodes and I'm talking to parents with kids that are older like ours, and I'm just mind blown that there are so many states, most of them, I would say, that don't have any, any services after age 22. Like they kind of just forget about our kids and then parents have to decide, do we quit our jobs or does one of us quit our job and stay home? And I mean, weekends for us are a struggle. Um, just entertaining Skylar all day or finding things to do with him. So I, I just cannot even fathom doing that seven days a week, all day long, me being his mm-hmm. entertainment. Because, you know, parents, they butt heads, at least I do with Skylar. Like I'm the last person he wants to do therapy with or anything. But he's just like, yeah. no, leave me alone. I don't want to do anything with you. So well, and that's kind of why we're, we're really happy our daughter has taken on mm-hmm. being his care provider on Mondays and Fridays because he loves going places with her. They go out to lunch, they go to the store. It's just the two of them. And, and it just kind of gives him some alone time with her and also those experiences. Mm-hmm. And it's, and he's not doing the same thing five days in a row at the yeah. same place. You yeah. know. He probably so looks forward for to now. those. Yeah. Those days with her. Well, that's a, a perfect transition because I wanted to talk to you about all of the relationships with your three other children and Trent. Um, and I know your youngest has only known life with Trent and the oldest, you know, were there before he came along. So, um, you know, I have a daughter that's two years younger than her brother and I've seen the stages, you know, when they were little, she tried to help him with therapy and she would, you know, try to mimic me and do stuff with him. And then teen years, it's like, uh, get away from me. Don't touch my stuff. Stop pulling my hair. I don't like you. (laughs) And then, you know, we're not to the graduation adult careers phase yet, but I'm, I'm so curious if they've evolved in their relationships together, or if they've always just been super amazing kids, which I'm sure they are. And, um, just kind of accepted Trent for how he is and never really got mad. (laughs) So, I don't know that any of our children ever really got mad at Trent. They got mad at the situation. I think mm-hmm. they they knew very, very young that he had no control over what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Even, even when he would destroy our oldest son's Lego creations, Trevor would get very, very mad, but he never, I never remember him lashing out at Trent or yelling at Trent, or it was just angry at the situation. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe a little angry at us for not stopping it, uh, but he, you know, he knew we couldn't keep our eyes on him 24 seven. I know, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm really the last podcast that we released that was just our kids talking. Oh. Um, so our daughter's husband was the host and interviewed our kids and, and I even loved his input. It was great, but it really made me feel good because all of them said things I, I hoped that they felt like. Trevor Uh said he was never resentful and um it was just 
it was just so cool to listen to and I couldn't be more proud. Oh, I need to listen to that one. Oh, it's a, it's a, it can be a little bit of a tearjerker, but um, they, you know, they, they, I don't know, the grace of God, they handled that very difficult situation well. And, um, you know, they, they're not, they don't pretend like it wasn't difficult or it wasn't painful or frustrating. They're very aware of that. And they talk about those things that they, that they struggled with. You know, Tristan continues to bring up the, <laughs> the, the, kitchen. the kitchen thing. Yeah. She's yeah. like, you, everybody was so excited that he drew on my kitchen, but he ruined my kitchen. Uh, and our youngest son, probably the worst for me was our youngest son. Um, there, there were times where Trent had to share rooms with uh, our oldest Trevor and our youngest TJ. And mm -hmm. um, so TJ talked about that they, they had a bunk bed. Trent was on the bottom. TJ was on the top and they'd go to bed and Trent would get out of bed in the middle of the night. Sometimes it's not all the time, but sometimes he'd get out and he would be upset or frustrated about something. He would take his great big phone books and throw them up in the air to the ceiling and they would drop down. Um, which TJ's like terrified me because I thought, you know, he, he was mad and he was going to come after me. And I, we don't know if he was mad or he was just entertaining himself. I'm not yeah. sure. But, um, but so TJ said he just like climbed under the covers and like tried to be quiet because he thought if, T, if Trent realized that he was in the room, he would come up and get him. Aww. And so that was, that was tough. Um, but, you know, but then TJ's like, but he didn't, you know, like he never did come up and attack me or anything. And so we got through it and then Trent got his own room and, and it was fine. So they all recognized that there were, you know, they had, there were individual struggles between each of the kids and, and Trent. Um, and they recognize those, they, they accept the, the way that they felt about those things, but are able to kind of, have been able to kind of look past those things and go, it, what, it, the, it they not take it personally, I guess. Mm -hmm. This is just who Trent is and how he deals with things and it's different from us. And so that, you know, like this is just life. And we did a lot of, this is not fair. It's not fair that Trent has autism. It's not fair that we have to deal with these things. It's not fair that he destroys your stuff. Uh, it's not fair that he gets to eat chicken nuggets every night and you have to eat vegetables. Um, but life isn't fair. Mm -hmm. And and so it's different for everybody. So here you go. <laughs> Trent had a very different relationship with each of our children. Yeah. Uh, the, oldest, the oldest went away to college when Trent was 13. And so he wasn't around for those tough teenage years. And um, our or, daughter- Or the Trent improving and getting better at controlling. Trevor was right. gone for the, that, that whole change in how Trent functioned with the rest of the family. Right, and over the last few years since he has moved back to the area, he has spent a lot more time with Trent. And I noticed he's very good with him. And he had to learn, he just learned that in the last few years. Yeah because he wasn't around as much. But our daughter and he and Trent are only uh, 19 months apart and they're extremely close. And from the time he was born, she was second mom 
she was bringing me both of their diapers, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and she has always been his protector. She has always said, Trent is mine. And, you know, anything Aww. happens to mom and dad, he is, you know, he's living with us and, and her husband's right in there 100%. So that's very good. Um, our youngest son was very different for him, for him. He was diagnosed with OCD and probably on the high end of the spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. very high functioning. Uh, but he he uh, has really developed into a good caretaker for Trent as well. He doesn't always understand Trent as well as the others. Uh, he doesn't really see the purpose in talking to Trent since Trent doesn't talk back to him. So it's just very different. Really, TJ's pretty TJ's pretty non-social as well, though. Like kind of almost introverted, I think in some in some ways, and mm-hmm. and so. And, and he's very like black and white. Mm-hmm. Why would I have a conversation with somebody who can't respond or understand or talk like mm-hmm. back? Like that just doesn't make any sense to him. So yeah, we have like two and a half uh, neurotypical children. <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> has your daughter, I mean, has she pretty much always known that she wanted to go into this kind of field of caretaking and, you know, no, Actually, is that no. later? Hmm. No, she, she sings, she sings very well. Oh, wow. Um, she didn't really want to make a career in singing, but she often wondered if music was a path for her. Um, she does lead the worship at our church. I was going to say, I'm sure she sings well there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She, she and I actually sing together. So, um, but she has always known that she needed to be there for Trent. She didn't always know it would lead her to kind of a career in that area yeah but she's a natural Mm -hmm. she's a natural I before I was a psychologist I was a special ed teacher and Mm -hmm. she would help me in the summers with summer school and she was just as good a teacher as I was since she was like in elementary school so um very good yeah she went to to local university uh um for uh religion and philosophy um she thought she uh, might want to be a speaker yeah Mm -hmm. and and she still and she does that as part of her job she goes and and does um talks to the people in the community about autism Mm -hmm. like recently she she spoke to the special ed teachers at one of my schools uh one of the schools in my district and she also has gone to a couple of fire departments to talk to them about what to expect if you're dealing with a person on the spectrum so very smart um, she is using she is using those skills and she um i don't i don't know if i i don't think i have one um but but she helped heartspring develop a um a sticker for parents to put on like their the doors of their house or on their vehicles Mm -hmm. that um i don't remember exactly what they say but but it it mentions that there's someone with a um, someone who's not able to communicate. Yeah, yeah. we have yeah. a seatbelt exactly thing for Skylar in the car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, um, like Velcro's around or whatever. And so they made those available to to um, to parents and individuals in the community and and whatever. And so mm-hmm. she, yeah, she's um, just very good at at what she does. That's awesome. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that our children with special needs were 
given to us for a purpose, for a higher purpose than I may never know in this lifetime what it was for. But I think the siblings that they're blessed with too are purposeful as well. I think yeah. that they're, they're a perfect match, whether we see it when they're young or it takes until they're adults to figure that out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, the amount of empathy and the amount of just compassion that my daughter has for the littlest things. She wants to be a vet and always has. Mm -hmm. She just loves animals and is just so, just so delicate with just anything living, you know, any living thing, whatever. She's just so involved, invested in that. So I'm hoping she'll come around. (laughs) She's 16. So, you know, I I truly believe that all of our children are much better people for having been raised with Trent. I I believe that hundred percent. And I was told by a friend when Trent was little and really tough that we were doing our other children a disservice by not sending him away somewhere. And I, I couldn't even, I didn't even, I couldn't even respond. I wouldn't have. Because I thought you, I can't even explain to you the benefit this is to my children. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's tough. Yes, but. And animals too. I hope she can look at them now and see. Um, Yeah. I get that sometimes I posted a video just showing about Skylar. He smacks his leg and he hits us and he pulls my hair. That's like kind of his thing. Um, and he, you know, he'll smack the dog. We have a a large boxer and he'll kind of smack her on the bottom. If I can't grab his hand fast enough to stop him, it's occasional. It's not hurting her. She, she doesn't Mm -hmm. nip at him. She understands. I mean, I don't let it happen. I don't let him abuse the dog, but of course I got a comment that (laughs) like, you should protect that dog. I'm like, I do protect the dog. They are never yeah. alone together. Like he doesn't go after yeah. her, you know, whatever, but they don't know that they don't know the story. They yeah. don't know. Live our life one full day and you'll not. <laughs> oh, I know. We used to well, joke that uh, we, you know, because we've had to restrain Trent in, mm-hmm. in public before. Um, we've had to pull him out of the vehicles and, and hold him down in the ditch on the side of the highway. Um, I, I mean, there's a lot of situations. And so we, you know, many times when he was going through those phases, we'd be like, um, if, you know, somebody saw this, like very easily could call the cops, uh, or DCF or whatever. Fortunately that never happened, which I'm very surprised at, um, but but the joke always was, uh, well, if the police ever showed up and they and they took him out of our care, they put him in their car, we would we'll just stay in the same spot we're all we're in because five minutes later they'll bring him back. We say the same thing. Yeah, I know it's terrible, but we laugh it's about terrible, it too. Terrible, but yeah, <laughs> they'll bring him I back. Mean, they'll figure it out, and yep. yeah, you know, people just you 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 don't understand the things we enjoy talking with families like you because you just don't get it. If you, if you haven't been in it and um, and it's just very difficult to explain those things to people who are, who are outside who have neurotypical children or no children. um, And our children with much higher functioning autism Mm -hmm. because it's not the same. It isn't the same. No. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do this. That's, I mean, I just want to meet so many more people and who are farther ahead than me in the journey by a few years or whatever to what to expect. I mean, I didn't know all the stuff I needed to do for guardianship, for social security, all of that stuff until I met several parents of adults um, doing this Mm -hmm. podcast. So it's been a huge wealth of resource for me Mm -hmm. and just to laugh. I mean, my gosh, I can't 
I can't stress out and cry every day about being smacked yeah. or, you know, getting accosted in Target um, by yeah. my son or whatever. Um, yeah. I do appreciate people that say, are you okay? Do you need anything? And I'm like, no, thank you so much. You know, mm -hmm. he has special needs. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm taking care of it, but I appreciate it. That yeah. is more helpful to us than someone calling the police thinking it's a domestic dispute between right. my adult son and yes. myself. Yep. Yep. Um, another set of moms that I'm friends with, um, they all live in California, but they made up little business cards and I thought that was genius. They, if they're having a situation in public, they hand out the card and it says, mm -hmm. you know, my, my son has autism, he's nonverbal, please, you know, don't contact the authorities, I've got it handled, just so that they don't have time to discuss that with someone and handle their situation yeah. that's happening. So I thought that was a beautiful idea. Yeah, yeah I've seen those to, cards before. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep, so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, on a positive side, I mean, Trent is so famous for his drawings um, and social media. And I know that you guys have a website and that HeartSpring actually created a coloring book of all of his drawings years ago. Is that still available? And how can people access the t-shirts and all of his really cool animal drawings? The coloring book from HeartSpring actually kicked off the whole business. Really? Uh, Yes, HeartSpring, when their, child, when their students get older, they look for the one thing they can do. For some people, it might be folding towels at a hotel. For, you know, for somebody else, it might be being janitorial, doing janitorial duties. They knew Trent had this, this huge talent, and they just thought, what can we do to, to use that for him? Mm -hmm. And that's how the coloring book came about. Yeah, one of the, um, so the guy who actually... The, does their website um he so he's walking through the the c-suite offices and in every one of the offices there's there's these pictures these drawings or whatever on their walls or their desks or whatever and and they're all trent's things that he that he'd drawn and they'd hung up in there and he's like why aren't we doing something <laughs> with this yeah and so they contacted us and so his name is Kendall and he started um going in he he got permission from his whoever and every Friday he would go every Friday that he wasn't swamped he would go in uh and Trent and him would find a room just by themselves and and Kendall is is not a like he's not trained he's not he just is a dude who's a really <laughs> incredible artist himself and works the website at HeartSpring and cares about their mission and saw Trent. And so he started going in every week and drawing with Trent and just talking to him and drawing with him. Um, and, and kind of that's, you know, where the coloring book and everything came out of. Um, and we have this really, this this really funny story. Kendall and Trent were drawing one day. And, and again, Kendall is a fantastic artist but Kendall has to sketch things out, you know, and then, and then go over them and get the final product. So right. Kendall and Trent decided they were going to have a, a contest. Well, Kendall decided they were going to have a contest and they were each going to draw Phineas and Ferb. Oh from yeah. Trent's show. favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, okay. They each drew them and then he posted these two pictures. He texted them to Andrew and I and said, can you tell which one is Trent's and which one is mine? And the only difference between the two sets of pictures, both Phineas and Ferb, the only difference 
was that the hands on the characters that Kendall drew looked like human hands and the hands on Trent's characters looked a little more cartoony. It was the only difference in the picture. And then as we talk about that, Kendall's like, okay, you also need to know that it took me like 10 minutes to draw Phineas and Ferb and Trent was done in 30 seconds. With a Sharpie, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think he drew with a, a pen. Yeah. pen. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, Trent, when Trent draws for his own pleasure, he draws with a ballpoint pen. Yep. Um, when he draws on the live feeds, he wants to draw with a Sharpie. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> like but, he has um, drawn with Sharpies own... in the past. He, he yeah. uses yeah. both of them, but yeah, I don't know for whatever reason. But the ballpoint reason. pen, he likes the groove it makes in the paper. That's why he draws on phone books a lot. Mm -hmm. um, he also makes a lot more detail if he's drawing for his own pleasure. Oh, yeah. It's a lot higher quality more, when yeah. he's drawing what he wants to draw with his pen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know that we ever answered your question. So started yeah, with no. the coloring book. Mm -hmm. And then Andrea shared a video of Trent drawing on our trampoline. Like he just grabbed sidewalk chalk one day and went out and got on the trampoline and started drawing. And when I, when we saw him, he would, he had kind of drawn him. I know there's not corners on a trampoline people, but yeah, but I know he's a right corner kind of, yeah. and, and he was drawing the animals upside down from like, like he did with the alphabet on Tristan's kitchen. And so it's crazy. So that video goes viral just kind of on a fluke um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and took off. And people from all over the world were contacting us and asking us, it, can I buy his art? Does he have his art for sale? And we had a coloring book. And we shipped that coloring book probably to every country the in the world. Oh, that's um, so cool. Crazy. It lasted about two months. Yeah, And then it just dropped off to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but we kept the business going and we, mm -hmm. um, we've taken him to a lot of events. Uh, we mm -hmm. go to OcaliCon when it's in person mm -hmm. in Ohio. And we, um, we go to Which, like speech language conferences and some of the listeners spring. If your listeners don't know anything about OcaliCon, it's Ohio Center for Autism and Low Incidents. They have it in November, I think the middle of November every year. It's been, it was virtual last year. It'll be virtual this year, but we're hoping it'll be back in person again in 22. Mm -hmm. But it's a huge, wonderful it event. Is, it is huge and it is fantastic. The, Where in Ohio is it? That's not far it's from in Columbus. Columbus. Oh, okay. It's, in, it's at the convention center in Columbus. And the, yeah. and, and, the and, and the people who put that on are at, they're fantastic to work with. <laughs> they put on an incredible conference. Um, and, and it is just, it, it's, as far as we're concerned, it's the best um, that, that we certainly have ever been to or heard of. So uh, yeah, fantastic. So we go to that, we go to other things, uh, local things. Um, we haven't ever, like we've been told about like the national uh, SLP uh, conference that they have in California or something. Hmm. Um, and there's some other ones, but, uh, but their booth rent is like, I don't know, $5,000 right? or something. It's ridiculous. And also, um, Trent, Trent, we can't take That's him on too many people. Yeah. yeah, He doesn't fly. So okay. to get there would be us loading up and driving across yeah. the country, which is kind of what we do to Columbus, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a little different. And Trent travels so, well. Trent travels really well. So that's good. Kindle then put together a second coloring book, which is a lot more detailed. He took Trent's art and made uh, just kind of more of an adult coloring book called Motley Menagerie. And so we do have both of those 
coloring books available on our site at drawingsbytrent.com. That's where our store is. And then we've added things. We've added cards. We have t-shirts. Andrea. Yeah, cards. Um, t-shirts <laughs> and um, hats, stickers. Socks. Yeah. We just added so socks. socks. I love that. I mean, it's Several just, different. There's just items. so many things like, you know, when you find out what your child is passionate about, the thing that's cool about it is it's, it's not work. It's not like he's in a sweatshop, you know? I mean, yeah. you right. just, you said before, I think that it's very calming for him when he draws. He only draws when he's calm. So clearly if he's not drawing, you know, you can't force it on him, but that he enjoys right. doing it. You're not like making him turn yeah. out this stuff. He loves it so much and he's been doing it his entire life. So I, I commend you for selling it. Cause I, I know so many people love all of his drawings and they, I love your live videos where people write in and say, mm -hmm. have him draw this and this. And it's, I think people, do they feel like they can stump him or something? Cause the, some of the stuff <laughs> they ask him to draw, it's like, so. you know, draw like a, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Just really, really I, random think, I think the reason, I think the reason Trent is willing to, to do the request is that I do think he likes the challenge. Yeah. Um, because if he didn't, he wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and, I like the weird ones too because he's gonna do it. I know he will. Yeah. And there's and so always, many requests that I've just kind of started putting the kind of odd ones in the cup because I'm like, you know, he's seen them do these other animals. Let's see something yeah. more challenging. We we always ask him, you know, do you want to draw? Um, or can we take a video or whatever? And and so we try to be sensitive about that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he almost always is compliant. But you know, like like everybody, when you're out in in public, you're, we're gonna have people. You know, we've had some people. Somebody just on a video we posted last night said it sounded like sounds like you're exploiting your disabled oh, son. Lord, <laughs> and, I'm and, sorry. I, and we and we laugh about this. We're like, okay, it this he loves to draw. It takes him two seconds to draw this thing, and then we bust our butts for. Like, it's no. great that the amount of work that goes in after he produces something. Yep. And then we've got the whole family over here, folding shirts, packaging things. We produce most of the stuff. So we're making, like, if we're not, we're not working our other full-time jobs, mm -hmm. or taking care of him or doing a, like, we're downstairs, we're, we're packaging, we're producing, we're making these things. And, and he just sits around and eats and draws and whatever he wants. I'm like, if anything, yeah. he's exploiting us. Uh-huh. And the family. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. in on it. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. You know, and it's not like we're like the goal of all this, it, like we're gonna, we're not gonna be here forever. Uh-huh. We don't want our other children or the state to have to be responsible for him for the rest of his life. And yes, so yes. we're using this God-given talent that he has to hopefully create uh, some financial ability for him to be taken care of when we're not here. Yes, um, and you have and nothing the business to apologize has cost for. us way yeah. more than we have gotten, so. Yeah, yep. I mean, believe me, if I could stick an instrument in Skylar's hand and he just starts playing, <laughs> or if, if I hand yeah. him a pencil and he doesn't throw it, which is usually what he does now, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, you don't like to draw. You certainly don't like to play music. He loves to listen to music. Yeah. 80s are a big one for him. Like oh, yeah, awesome. And uh, hip hop, loves rap and hip hop and stuff. It's so fun. 
But I mean, believe me, I have looked at every single angle to see yeah. if I could bring out of him what he likes to do. And I'm still struggling. I haven't found anything yet. So in the meantime, we're funding his trust. But you're right. We're not going to yeah. be here forever. And I just want him to have something that he's proud of. I imagine Trent is so, whether he can, you know, articulate that he's proud of himself, but he's got to feel so accomplished that something that he drew that was effortless for him is now making people smile all over the world when they're coloring or when they're wearing his shirts or whatever. I mean, you know, know he feels it. Corey struggles more with believing things like, oh, he's proud because Trent doesn't show it. But just the fact that he will go to these conferences and sit in the booth and have people talking to him and people everywhere. Things and, we know he doesn't, he doesn't like. Yeah, things we know he doesn't like, but he is tolerating it and wants to be there. That tells me that he probably is feeling proud. So. He knows they're, they're saying good job to him. He knows they're buying his stuff. Um, so I do feel like he does feel some pride in that. And mm-hmm. even though we're not even sure he realizes the people watching him online are people. Yeah. Like we don't need, I don't even know. TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't even know that he acknowledges that, but mm-hmm. he's, but like Corey said, he, he's willing to do it. And, um, I think there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think every parent, um, every parent wants their child to, experience the fullness of life and mm-hmm. you know we've gone th- like it's been a struggle over you know full well my child is probably never going to be in a relationship is never going to be married never going to experience this or that or the, and and that is you know we, we've we've sat next to his bed at night and prayed with him and and you know and cry when we're done because mm-hmm we realize that that there's so many things that he's going to miss out on we all every parent every every decent parent human wants their child to not just productive and we are just incredibly fortunate that we found a way for that to happen for him mm-hmm. and, and and we know you know we know people whose whose children have uh, different issues that they're dealing with that then they're never going to experience that. And, mm-hmm. and so that's, ah, oh man, we just, we feel, um, we feel that. And, and you just can't, you just can't know that unless you've been. Unless yeah. You've been and it's hard for, um, I don't know if we ever get to the place that we're okay with it. I think we just all get to the position where it's just our life and we know that that's it but you know there was something on tv the other night and my husband and I just the statement in the commercial or whatever was something about empty nesters and I looked at him and he looked at me and we both just kind of smiled we'll never know what that's like I mean and and I'm okay with it it's not like I want to you know ship Skylar off the minute I can when he turns 22 or whatever he'll live with us forever as long as I'm able to take care of him and um you know, that I'm, I still have the abilities to do that, but it's just, we'll never have a retirement where we just buy a place in Florida and, you know, skip the country or whatever. Um, he'll always be in tow with us. Even our anniversary dinners, it's the three of us sitting at a table together somewhere. Um, we just don't, we don't have any respite. We don't have any help. So it's just, it's, it's okay. I, I, I've accepted that and I'm fine with it. And I'd rather me be taking care of him than some stranger that I can't trust to love him like I do. So, um, you know, I I know you guys have been through those same 
feelings and same discussions. Is there a lot anything? of time, a lot of time it's morning going through that. I think, I think Corey especially kind of went through a morning phase where it'll never be just the two of us. Yeah. But then I, I mean, I saw him cross that bridge and, and realize we're very fortunate to, to have him in our lives and mm-hmm. to, we won't have to be alone, you know, not have to be alone, but he, I saw him come to terms with that. And it really, it's, it's a different life, but it's not a bad life. Mm-hmm. Yep. We learn a lot from them. Well, I know, I mean, it's hard to give other people advice or words of encouragement, but if there's anything you could say to parents who maybe are still in the throes of the aggression and some of that, and their child is not an adult yet. Um, and they're still having these feelings like, man, I just, I, I can't see myself doing this when my child is in twenties and thirties and forties. Like when, when is this going to end? You know, I just need a calm moment or my child to grow out of this or whatever. Is there anything you can share just about the transition from the violence and aggression to where Trent really is now and where you guys are now? I know we talked about this on our podcast on one episode. It was really helpful when he was little to, to remember that this too shall pass everything changes eventually. And in the throes of it, it feels like forever, but there isn't, there is another side and it's, it's going to be different eventually. And you just have to take one day at a time and just wait, just wait for that to happen. And we don't know, none of us know what tomorrow holds. Mm -hmm. When, when Trent was so violent and aggressive that we, we finally came to this point, made this decision that if he was at home, I had to be at home because there wasn't anybody else in the family physically able to restrain. Like he was just so incredibly strong. Um, in, the, in the midst of that and, and those, you know, I don't remember how many, eight or 10 years or whatever it was. In the midst of that, we could have never imagined that we would be in the place we are. And so I, I think don't ever let the problems that you're facing um, like blot out the possibilities um, that, that, might, that might come. Mm-hmm. And they may never come. But, you know, I, I think we're, we, like we just go, somebody asked me the other day, how are you handling like this new pressure? Because 850,000 followers on social media and people commenting and, and saying things like that's a whole new level of pressure and all and the sales to the website and all that stuff is a new level of pressure. So how, do you, how are you handling all of that? And the response was, well, it's not always easy, but we're handling this just like we handled it back when Trent was, was aggressing all the time. Um, we just do it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I think you, you, you find the strength to get through the things that, that you face and, uh, and you just, you just keep going. And also another thing is don't do it alone. I mean, yeah. if you're a single parent dealing with this, reach out to your family, reach out to any resources you can, because you cannot do it alone. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, even the stuff we're doing now, our kids are willing to, our other kids are willing to help us with anything. My parents are willing to help us with anything. We don't leave Trent with them as often just because he's so big and, and they're getting older, but don't, you're not in this alone. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and especially are, now, the network yeah. is so large oh, yeah. of families that are going through this at all different stages and different levels. And it's not as isolating as it used to be when our kids were oh, little. Yeah, it so. was very isolating. We we tried to find support. We tried to find people in the situ same situation as us, and we couldn't. Mm -hmm. We went to the, um, <laughs> the Kansas Autism Society meetings in Wichita, and there were several couples there or single parents, there were a bunch, but every one of them told a story of their 12 year old who was just diagnosed with Asperger's. And we're like, our five-year-old is, is fighting us, you know, fight or flight us, yeah. mode. Yeah. Um, they could not, none of them could relate to They're us. They're like, and, what was it? What was the one they were like, <clears throat> you had to go around the room and everybody had to tell something that you'd struggled with that week. <clears throat> and we were the last. <clears throat> and it comes around and like close to like several times people are like, well, my nanny is having a really difficult time, you know, with potty training or whatever. And it comes to us and we're like, well, every day this week, Trent tried to kill us all. <laughs> like, it's just, there's no, there's funny, no but it is. <laughs> yeah. We haven't been for very long. Yeah. Yeah. But, we did not. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the internet hadn't taken off like it did. Social right. media wasn't around. Yeah. We we yeah. did feel very alone for a long mm -hmm. time. Yeah. But yeah. thankfully we had we had my parents for support. We had there were friends who were great support too. And mm -hmm. um we didn't feel alone, but we did feel alone in that nobody else nobody we don't know anyone who's going through this too. Yep. Yeah. Yep, us too. We don't even yeah. have family nearby. So it, it, it's been interesting. It's been interesting, but that's, I mean, again, that's the, the beauty, even though you got to take the good with the bad with social media and um, just being able to connect with people and you just kind of have to dismiss the trolls mm -hmm. and, you know, not mm -hmm. really worry about that. Um, and podcasts too. I mean, again, that's why I started this one because I didn't find many with hosts that had children that were older. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just, I just, for my own selfish reasons, I kind of wanted to connect yeah. with people who are older as well so that I could learn more. And then we can continue to share with the parents with younger kids, what we've mm -hmm. learned and experienced and maybe save them from some heartaches that yeah. they don't have to go right. through or, you know, right. so, um, on that topic, I guess, I just wanted to, um, make sure I mentioned that, um, the, the podcast that your family started this year is called used up pens. Is that, um, able to be uh, listened to by anyone on any platform or is that just yes. simply your family venting thing? <laughs> like, just for no. you guys. <laughs> no, it is available, I believe on all platforms now. Okay. Um, at first it's through Anchor and at first it was through Apple and Spotify, but I've heard people say you could listen to it on about any platform. So, okay, perfect. Yeah, I want to listen to the sibling episode for sure. I'm going to yeah. make my daughter listen to it with me. <laughs> our oldest son is producing it and kind of directing it. Mm -hmm. And our daughter is the host and she also chimes in sometimes. And um, it's just been really a great experience. And um, I, I didn't realize how good it would be for, for all yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's so therapeutic. It really is, you know, to just, especially like you said before, hearing what your kids real feelings are and, and thoughts, it has to make you proud as parents that yeah. 
you did something right. <laughs> way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does. I am very proud of them. Yeah. From the from the beginning, the the goal, the goal for drawings by Trent, you know, we're like, what, what like we're doing this stuff. What what why? <laughs> what's the what's the why here? And and yes, part of it is like we want to be able to provide um for Trent's future. But really, as we as we thought about that and talked about it, we we said, okay through Trent's art and um, the things that we do, we, we want to encourage families, you, you know, might be struggling with some of the same things that we've gone through and dealt with and continue to, to struggle with. So we want to be an encouragement to them. We want to educate communities that, that um, people with autism or, or other um, differences, uh, they, they, they shouldn't just be locked up in, in some program somewhere, that they, that they can provide like maybe it's not in the way that that a neurotypical person might might traditional jobs provide value mm -hmm. yeah but but they mm -hmm. can provide beneficial things that that raises us all as um as as people and as humanity so we want to educate communities in in that way and and then just through that art and his story be able to kind of inspire everybody um one of the things that that i enjoy the most is is hearing um, like professional artists who watch Trent draw and go this this like there's no explanation like you can't you, you can't do that mm -hmm. um, and and so uh, and so the the podcast um, uh, doing things like this uh, social media all that stuff is just a way that we can encourage and educate and inspire and um, and, and so we want to we want to do those things as often um, as we can well said, Pastor Corey. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the questions that we get on social media, we answered those questions in the podcast. Oh, say. cool. Okay. You know, and, and not not intentionally. They just yeah. ask a question and say, well, that was addressed in our podcast. Listen yeah. to our podcast. And, yeah. Uh, so we cover a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's it's so good. great. I can't wait. I'm going to be a new listener because I'm sure I'll learn a lot. <laughs> From you guys. Right, I could talk to you all day, I swear. And uh, I hope our conversation can continue past this. Um, but I yeah. really appreciate you guys being guests so much yes. and taking a chance on some crazy woman who reached out to you. Like, <laughs> no, to thank you, you for guys. reaching out to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've enjoyed yeah. your podcast as well since I since you connected with us. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And thank you so much for your time. And I wish you all the best. And Trent's drawings, I'm sure I'll see him as a Disney animator one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know exactly how to make that happen, but you know, maybe yeah, someday. Maybe somebody listening is connected. Yeah. <laughs> all right we'll take care thank you right. thank you yeah. i hope you enjoyed this episode of living the sky life and we'll tune in for the next episode coming soon if you haven't already please subscribe to the living the sky life podcast within apple podcast spotify and google play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode if you like what you hear be sure to select the five star rating provide feedback and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.